drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slay's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo. Touchdown to Cornelius, Marvin Jones. Stafford! Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown to Cornelius. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on, everybody? Back in the house, talking Detroit Lions, right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, your boy Okri, at Derek Okri on Twitter. And you know I got Grifka here. Grifka, normally I just tee it up to you, but I had a question for you right off the top. What the hell was Eminem doing at the Oscars? How are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing good. I don't know what Eminem was doing at the Oscars. I didn't happen to watch the Oscars that night, uh, but I heard... Um... Some of the people were like not impressed with him, you know. Some of the people that were there, but uh, not sure what he was doing there. Griffka, Eminem at the Os- Oscars, weird enough. Then he sings a song from like 20 years ago, and then I'm sending this to you right now as we're recording. I'm forwarding you Jim Rome's take on the whole thing, and I guarantee you'll fall off your chair. It was incredible. All of his funny takeaways. I watched it too, and I laughed just at the live performance, let alone what Rome had to say. So I'm sending to you right now. Okay. <laughs> Make sure you check this out after the show. So, what what else is going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing okay, man. This is like the uh, they always say there's like dog days of the season. This is kind of like the dog days of like waiting for something major to happen. That's that's where we're at right now with the football season. So, you know, try to keep uh, try to keep our minds on it as we're going into the draft. So, uh, let's uh, hop into this show here. See what we got going on. Griffco, before we get into our tops, we got a bunch of good topics. We're going to go not rapid fire, but we're going to work our way through a few things today and have a little bit of fun. Before we do that, sometimes I like to pull the curtain back. Griffco, isn't this normally when when we get ready to start the show, you always tell me we've got nothing to talk about. And then me and you usually fill up 45 minutes to an hour with Lions content, laughs, arguments, all that stuff. Isn't that usually what happens here about this time of year? Yeah, it always seems like a struggle, and we're like, well, gosh, maybe we can make it work, and then before we know it, we've kind of ran a little long, and we're talking, should we chop some of that out? We're like, no, that was all good stuff, leave it in there. <laughs> yeah, and the people people like all the craziness that we bring here on the Kool-Aid cast, so let's dive into it, man, and Griffco, there's no better way to get into the Kool-Aid cast today than to ask you again, it, it's probably going to be a reoccurring topic on the show. Your boy Darius Slay, you shook his hand, you love this guy, you told me a week or so ago you're going to pay him $15 million over four, five, six seasons, whatever you told me. I laughed you out of the gym, I told you like I wasn't going to give him more than a couple year deal. Now big play, as he likes to call himself, and <clears throat> I wouldn't mind a few more big plays from the guy, but he he's definitely a good quality corner and a good football player. He He's all over Twitter. He's responding to my my buddy Logan Lamarandier directly. Uh, Jared Heatley, another guy I talk lions with. He's he's sending him a message back. He's he's putting emoji faces. He's putting thumbs up. He's putting thumbs down. He's telling people he'll leave if they only pay him uh, fifteen million. I mean, it's getting crazy with big play slay. Have you seen any of this? I, I'm curious on your thoughts as well as you, you've already kind of set your bar. You're basically willing to pay this guy anything he wants. 
Um, but we, we, we're going to have to talk about him quite a bit. What's going on with, with your boy, uh, boy Slay over there? Yeah, it's one of those things where he's just, uh, you know, just speaking his mind, man. I mean, he's confident. He thinks he's the best corner in the game. I mean, that's a nice thing to have. Uh, like you said, I, I wish he'd have a few more big plays, but we've discussed this before. King, where, uh, um, <laughs> where, uh, on it. They're, yeah, they're, they're not, uh, you know, they don't throw at him because the other, the other uh, cornerback has been, you know, so much weaker than him. So, uh, gosh, I mean, I like his confidence. I've seen some of it. Uh, I know he's the also put out there, you know, that he would like to retire here in Detroit. I don't know if that means like uh, he wants to go play somewhere else and just move back to Detroit and retire. I can't see uh, him doing that, but, uh, you know, he has that as well. But uh, I, I like his confidence. I think, um, you know, he, I think me personally, I think he's the best player on that defense. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, know I, I don't know. Like he wants to get paid like the best corner in the game. I mean, he's my boy, but he's not the best corner in the game. <laughs> Grifka, that that was my two next questions for you. One is you, you said he wants to get paid like the best player in the game. Now you're circling back to he's not the best corner in the game. One, does that make sense to you? And where would you put him on the pecking order? My second question is, why do you think people always say they like want to come back or they want to finish their career in Detroit? Yet we can never get like top free agents or everybody says we're not a destination city yet. Everybody that's here seems to not only love it here, but say like, hey, they're going to have homes and come back. And I, I just don't get the difference, but answer, answer both of those or all three, if you, if you can. Okay. Um, top wise, I mean, not knowing him off. I mean, I'd call him probably, I mean, you might laugh me out of that. I think he's like definitely one of the top five cornerbacks in the game. I mean, for, um, what he does. I mean, we talked about once again, talked about it. I mean, he does, you know, kind of take away half the field, but that's simply because the other cornerback on the team isn't as, as good. But, uh, you know, he, you know he's, he what, I hate to stop you. Isn't that good? Give, give the people what they want. What? You, you want me to say he's not that great? <laughs> the other corner's not that. Oh, the other, oh, yeah. The other corner's not that great. I mean, Slay is because he, he has oh, the. Oh, my gosh. He's, he's got, he, you know, he's got my magic of the handshake. So, uh, you know, guys, because of it, you know, so, uh, I mean, he's, he's probably, top, you know, top oh, five. Yeah, I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. I would trade him for it. You know, he's not, you know, he's not Stefan Gilmore or anybody like that, but he's, he's good. I mean, you know, like you said, there's a few other ones out there. I mean, I, I personally like Xavier Rhodes up in Minnesota. I think he, you know, he, he's another really good cornerback. I, I really, really like, um, what was dirt? Hey, Griffith, let me jump in here. Wait, first of all, so you got him dirt. top five. <laughs> you got him top five. Answer the question about why everybody loves Detroit. And then I want to jump into another thing with Slay. Killing me here. What um, saying they, like guys want to stay. I don't, I don't know if that's lip service or not. I think it's one of those things to kind of keep the fans on your side as you're here, because I mean, let's face it. I mean, if you're stuck in Detroit in December, or if you're in Miami in December, or you know, if you're in, gosh, you know, I guess warm climate or some, you know, one of the favorite teams. I mean, that's why you know everybody likes to go to Green Bay. Plus, everybody knows Green Bay doesn't travel internationally, so you don't have to have a passport either. So, uh, you know, I mean, that's why. But uh, I, I mean, it is. I mean, it's you know, I see these things where like people like you know, there's always these. Was it? Uh, like surveys and like it always seems like Detroit's like one of the worst fan bases, which makes no sense to me, but it is. I mean, it's good fan base. I mean, they support their good players. I mean, I mean, we don't boo like whenever they touch the field, like 
idiots in Philadelphia, but for some odd reason, Philadelphia's always, like, one of the top fan bases. It doesn't make any dang sense to me at all. It's like, oh, boo, you guys suck because you guys didn't get a first down on the first play. But uh, I, th- I think that's why. I mean, I think it may be a little bit of lip service, but I think guys, I think players like Matt Stafford have really, you know, fallen in love with the city. And, um, you know, the fans, you know, even though there's the, the ones that run hot and cold on him, I think he realizes, you know, really what's here. So, so that's what I kind of think about that. All right, we got you, Griffin. You put me to bed with those answers, but okay. So, uh, real quick on the Slay's money before we keep it moving, like you had said, like fifteen million, sixty some million overall. You know, he he's talking seventeen isn't good enough. Uh, I mean, the the numbers are getting out of whack. I, I I just feel like there's no way you're gonna you're gonna make this guy happy. I mean, the the guys on the radio, I caught a little glimpse of somebody saying like. Well, what if instead of four or five year, you know, ext- years in total, what if we just went three years? So basically two plus the one you have bump him up to 50 total million, you know, it works out to be, you know, 15 to 17 on average, whatever it is and call it good. And then maybe you can get out on the back end before it gets too bad. I mean, gosh, to me, that's even a little rough to, based on the team they're trying to build and, you know, what they're trying to do now at quarterback and other spots, but I I just don't see a deal that really makes sense. I mean, I, I'd be happy if the guy will at least come and play this year and not hold out if if we can't work anything out. I mean, but it's it to me it's not looking good to be honest. I mean, we'll see what happens. So that that's my take on his dollars and cents. I know I told you last time fifteen was way too much. Then Slate comes out and says seventeen's not enough. And then I said, you know, give him some extra years and twelve to you know, I think I said round twelve, maybe even up to thirteen, fourteen was all I was willing to go. So I still probably stick to that point. So Grifka, with that being said, I, I had to put it out on Twitter to the to the fans. I want to gauge where they're at. So I put out a poll. Um, you know, one pride, Lions fans, what would you do with big play slay? I said pay to man, trade him. Keep plus franchise them in 2021 or other. And uh, right now it's a runaway. 61% says pay to man. I mean, I guess they're fans of Grifka. Just pay him whatever he wants because, uh, you know, he's good. Um, we, we got 20% that says trade him. That's probably where I would be right now is like if you can't get anything done and if you think he may hold out, you might as well deal him. He can have a couple good years and new england or philly or you know wherever else we always trade people denver you know we trade with the same five teams all the time and uh keep plus franchise at 15 percent. i mean i think that would be ideal keep him this year pay him what he's owed franchise him i think it's like two years 23 million in total that that would be the best for the lions i think you know would slay go for that or i think once you franchise him then you know he's definitely out after that and i'd be curious on the effort or maybe what he would do you know in that realm and then we got only three percent with uh with others so um you, you know that's kind of where the poll is at uh any thoughts on on anything i said or the poll in general uh the biggest thing like you said where what he's asking for i don't know if anybody's going to give him that type of money i mean that's that's a lot i mean he wants to be paid as the best but i mean it's one of those things like like, you know, get it out, know your role. I mean, dude, you're not the best. I mean, I, I think other GMs are going to realize that too. So he, he's not the best, but I do like pay the man. You know, I, I'm, I'm in that crowd, you know, I'm definitely pay the man. So Slay, if you ever hear this, uh, Grifka says, pay you. He shook your hand. He takes credit for all your success. Yet he also snuck in this. 
Know your roles and shut your mouth because the people's champ is ready to talk. That's Grifka that said that, not me, just so you know. Um, Grifka, one other thing I did is I put out on Twitter that anybody that either gave me a follow or said something, a positive, uh, bold take on the Lions, I'd shout them out live here on the show. So, of course, I got to follow up with that as we get off to a hot start here on the show. Uh, Trevor Tyler, uh, his, his bold take was Quinn and Patricia are doing this the right way and will still be the coach and GM five years from now with multiple playoff wins. Trevor Tyler, I'm going to give you a, a Twitter shout-out as well. Get at him, at Trevor Tyler 71 That was a classic Oakery, uh, uh, Detroit Kool-Aid-type take. Hey, Trevor. Drink it in, man. Thank you, buddy. Next one we've got from uh, Jocko. He writes, Monty, give me the last name, Griffco. You can do it. A warrior? Is that... <laughs> Not quite. I mean, we call him on the show A.O. Oh, baby! He says he's going to be a starter next year. I love that take as well. Next one I got. Uh, only uh, had time for a few more here before we started recording. Bounce Back 2020. Hashtag One Pride. You got to love that name. He said to Sean Hand comes back and dominates he says, I'm talking 11 sacks. Oh, man, that's a retweet right there. You can uh, tweet at him or go give him a follow at the Lions fan 90. Uh, we've got Gandalf, the Honolulu Blue. He writes, Frank Ragnow will be all pro next year. Grifka, that was the guy you hated in the draft process. Now you love him. He's going to be an all pro. That means he will no longer be under your category called. He's not that. Uh, not that great. <laughs> That's because all pro or Hall of Famers are the only people that are, are good to Grifka. And then we got no, one no, other wait, one wait, here. Wait, 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 wait. They're, they're great. <laughs> I mean, I saw it on Twitter. Make sure you, I mean, there's, there's between good and great. You're right. Hall of <laughs> pros, Hall of Famers, great. That's why they're deemed great. There you go. Okay. Thanks for clearing that up, buddy. The last one I'm going to read off here is In Patricia, we trust. I mean, uh, can you, again, you can't beat that. Start to a Twitter handle. He writes back. The Lions finished 10 and 6, but he says they missed the playoffs, which almost made me unretweet this or unread this on the show. He says, but due to a tiebreaker and Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia returned for 2020, and this is what got him on the show and beyond. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I love that optimism. Definitely trying to get people to uh, drink in that Detroit Kool-Aid as well as the other podcast I do on the Lions. You check out on Monday. Believe, that's spelled B-L-E-A-V, Believe in Lions. So that's what we're trying to do this offseason, get this thing turned around. Those were a couple Twitters that I wanted to read. I told them I promised I would. Grifka, we talked about Slay. We got a poll out there. Um, I I think I'm ready for something different. Grifka, I got a little challenge for you right now. Okay. Grifka, you know, we've talked about it on the show before, that I am team Tori Petri. I think she does a tremendous job, the greatest NFL sideline reporter in the league. Yet you continue to tout Kay Adams on this show, who has no affiliation to the Lions. Grifka, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. You have two minutes to make your case on why Kay Adams is better than Tori Petri, and I'm going to drop some NFL films music. When that runs out, you are done, sir. Do you think you can take this challenge or not? Yeah, let's see. Uh, yeah, I, I can probably uh, 
stammer on for two minutes about that. You beauty. love you some K Adams, Griffey. You don't have to think about this, but you only got three seconds until you can do it. So three, two, one, go. I'm just gonna start it basic, man. She's gosh, she's she's my type of woman. I mean, she loves football. She's short brunette. Gosh, she speaks Polish. I have a po. I'm Polish. I mean, gosh. I mean, not to mention she's. She, I mean, I don't want to say Tori Petri's not bad, but she's not national like Kay Adams. Everybody knows who Kay Adams is. I mean, she can talk football with you know three great guys there on uh, NFL Network. You know, NFL mornings. Gosh, she's just. Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would definitely trade. You know, Tori Petri for her in a second. So, uh, yeah, just. Uh, yeah, there's, there's not too much to say about that other than. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, she's she's the best. Griffka, you got like a minute left. Griffka, did I or did I not send you a picture that came across my Twitter feed of Kay Adams at a at some type of Hollywood function in a gown? And I mean, you just couldn't get enough of this. I, I did you a favor doing that, didn't I, buddy? Yeah, you did, and that was that was like I like I sent back the gif of the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio uh, doing the, the the slow clap. You know, that's that's exactly what that was. That's like bravo. It's just a. Yeah. So we we got more time, so I'm gonna butt in on your time. What like does Kay Adams not annoy you on Good Morning Football? Like I like her overall, but I mean she her takes sometimes are just I don't know what to think about them. I mean, uh, she's that. She just goes over the top, or some things I just I just don't like. Tori Petri always spot on when she when she gives football takes. You gotta love it. She knows her lane. <laughs> knows her lane. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kay Adams does not annoy me. <laughs> oh, Griffa, you, you haven't made a very good case, and your time's about up. I mean, anything else to swell the people that Kay Adams is better than Tori Petri? I don't have to tout it. They already know it. I mean, that's like beating a dead horse right there. It's like, yeah, we got it. Yeah, we, we know. Duh. It's like common knowledge. Oh, that's all there's to God. it. Grifka, do I have to make my case now for Tori Petri? Well, go ahead. You can make the case for the Florida Gator. I mean, go ahead. <laughs> okay, oh, that's, I right. will. that's just another Florida Gator you like. I'm sorry. You know, just add to the list. Okay. Hey, Griffka, don't interrupt this right now. This is important to me. This is for all the people out there that knows that Tori Petri is the best in three, two, one. Griffka, like, you go on and on about Kay Adams. She's on a national show. She's on Good Morning Football. You know what Tori Petri does, Griffka? She works her way up from the bottom of the rung. She's from Florida. She went to University of Florida, TV reporter, uh, up and down the ladder to bust her butt, hard work. You know, that's obviously something I respect, unlike yourself. Hard work. She works her way up. She gets this job with the Lions, and she just kills it. Like, she comes here. She's on top of every little detail. She's putting out all these different videos. She's meeting with the fans. All this different stuff. I mean... Like I say, hard work. When I said stay in your lane, it's because she always knows that people want Lions content. She's getting interviews with coaches, doing all this stuff. Um, she has taken, like, I, I know you remember Killer Kowalski, unfortunately, RIP, uh, the killer. But he used to be on the beat, and, like, when he was, the Lions didn't put up any media of any sort. Like, every once in a while, you get a little blurb from Killer, or maybe some type of audio clip. That's it. Tori Petri comes in. She's giving the fans what they want. She's super nice to everybody. You know, doesn't take herself too seriously. You don't see her too much on social media. She just wants this team to win, loves football. 
uh, incredible uh, part of the community. I, I don't see her trying to be on ESPN or trying to go to some bigger team. She's just here repping and working hard for Detroit. So, like, Tori Petrie's the obvious answer. Hey, Adams, you're not bad, but you're just not Tori Petrie. I'm sorry. She's incredible. So happy she's here. She's one of the MVPs. I mean, she puts uh, 20 men to shame. There you go. I mean, the people know. Like, she has the beautiful smile, hard worker, loves the Lions. I mean, what else do you want? Oh, I know what you want. Somebody from New York City that thinks she's, uh, you know, top of the world. Come on now. Actually, I think Kay Adams from Chicago. She just works in New well, York. You know City. what I mean? She's there now, and all she talks about is Lower Manhattan and all this other BS. Like she doesn't rep. Uh, she doesn't rep home like uh, now. Tori Petrie probably calls Detroit home. Come on now. I mean, no, she talks about Chicago an awful lot, though. <laughs> That's a fun. She, uh, she's she's a New Yorker now and too stuck up for you and for everybody else. Tori Petrie's down to earth, super fun, super nice, and oh. and with her tail off. I, so there you I go. Haven't, I haven't had a chance to shake Tori Petrie's hand, and you know, so I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, well, I doubt you're ever going to get close enough to Kay Adams as well, because I think she has a restraining order against you. But um, <laughs> all right. Like you say, we'll, we'll have to put that out on Twitter, see what the people think. I think it may be a close race, to be honest, between Tori Petri and Kay Adams. But like I said, uh, I, I give the nod to the local product, the hard worker, the, the beautiful smile, the uh, person that puts out all the content for what? Our Detroit Lions, so we can do this, Grifka. Drink it in, man. All right. Again, I smoked you in another debate. That's not surprising to anybody. Before we get to our break for our sponsors, Grifka, I want your thoughts on the combine. It's about two weeks away. You know what the combine is, right? Yeah. Can it's, you spell uh, combine? Um, let's see. It's uh, um, let's see. You know where it's held. <laughs> yeah, it's in Indianapolis, and I mean, it's just a it's a meat locker. Is all it is. Take your shirt off. Let's get a photo of you. Turn around. Bench some stuff, go run a little bit. Can you catch a football? Yeah, let's see how high you can jump. Yeah, yeah I know what the combine is. <laughs> oh. Grifka, do you put stock in the combine? I think I can tell by your sarcastic, uh, non-enthusiastic answer that, again, like we'll wake you up the day before the draft and see if you don't have a function or know what you're talking about. But the combine's a super important event for people like me and people that are putting in that hard work, putting in that study on these players. It's not some, uh, you know, measurements and, and that's it. Like you can, you can glean a lot from it if you would, you know, watch and pay attention. Um, pretty much like the combine there's, uh, I mean, yeah, they do all those drills and they're like, Oh, can you, you know, throw it in the Turkey hole and you know, how fast can you run and you know, things like that. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it's just all, it's, it's like the passing plays. No, you know, it's just like seven on seven almost because like there's no pass rush. You're not really reading anything. It's just like okay, go do this. You know, the same thing as their pro days when they have at school. It's just like yeah, forty yard dash. I got it. How fast can you run in a forty? You know, the I mean, pretty much the one I I like the most. I think the most effective for football would probably be like the shuttle drill. I mean, that's your quick, you know, your quick twitch, change change of motion. You know. The only time somebody's running 40 yards is if you've broken through the pack and in, in sprinting, or you're trying to chase down said person who broke through the pack. So, you know, 40 a straight 40 yards is like, and like they would say, I mean, you know, it's the first 10 yards yeah. that matter the most. So, yeah, do I put a whole lot of stock in it? No, because guys just leave college, go train for that stuff, so they can do really well on those drills and get high drafted, Adam Marchaletta, and then just kind of suck in the pros. So, uh, 
Yeah, no, I I don't put a crap ton of stock in it. Once again, I mean, I'll, I'll defer to you and like you can go check the tape and watch the tape. I mean, you're going to learn a hell of a lot more about a player than, you know, some guy running in a t-shirt and shorts with a number of like LB four, seven, three and running 40 yard dash. So, yeah. <laughs> Griffith, it sounds like you're telling the people that the combine to you is not that, uh, it's not that great. Grifka, like, again, the main reason I asked the question is I thought you'd give that type of answer. Like, it shows that you still have no comprehension that, yes, size, speed, ability. I mean, you said the shuttle drill is your favorite. Uh, when's the last time you saw a shuttle drill occur during a football game? Just curious. Um, that's, um, that's, that's a quick change of motion there, man. I mean, I don't know the last time you actually watched a football game where somebody actually had to, like, do a jump cut and like, try to, like, break away from like a block that's all like quick feet and stuff like that yeah that's a little more important that's like hey big fat overgrown lineman run 40 yards i mean by the way let me flip over the let me flip over the um was it the uh the sand you know you know yeah, there we go or go get the freaking you know you know was it uh i don't know some other way like a clock with a calendar or something like that I mean, it's not a strong man competition. They're not playing buses, or you said flip over the sand. Like Griffith, this is why I don't ask you the open ended because I know I'm not going to get a quick retort. You're going to go into some comedy bit of your that you made up. But like, I was asking about the shuttle as a joke because you said all the other drills aren't important. I don't know, like the throwing, the catching, the the speed element, the um, you know the blocking drills that you see to see if people are low, if they can if they can run their hips through a block. Yeah, none of that. None of that's relevant to football. You know, vertical leap for receivers. None of that matters, right? Yeah, because uh, yeah, I, I know, I know, I know, I know. Wide receivers are standing flat foot, getting down, jumping straight up as high as they can. Yeah, because you know, I see that type of play all the time in football, where wide receivers just standing next to the sideline, and he, he totally extends out to see how high he can get. You know, which you know bar he can touch. You know, that happens an awful lot. You know, it's, yeah, oh. that happens all the time. Yeah, that's a good Grifka, one. It's not, it's not an event to like mimic the game. It's the tech to. to that's why I said guys can go train for that and improve. And they get overdraft. They get overdrafted because like they, <laughs> how that's athletic. how they did. Go and do that. They'll even they even yeah. say that there's like there's, there's guys out there who said like those drills don't even like matter in football. But you know for some odd reason they're like oh this is a, we need to have them do this or we need to have them do this. We need to have you, your standing broad jump because I always see two guys, you know, standing there with their feet together and see how far they can jump, you know, without moving at all. Well, that shows like leg strength and stuff like that. Yeah, because that happens a lot, too. So, yeah. OK, they're just all a bunch of drills to make guys go, you know, drool over other guys. Who, Look how fast he is. Uh, can you catch, though? Nobody's fast. So, OK. Oh my goodness, people! I, I just don't even know what to do anymore. Grifka doesn't realize that a bunch of interviews with GMs happen. Probably one of the most important parts of the process uh, at the combine, but he just blow it off for a function or to go out to the the old park on the sea on the seesaw instead. Like this is part of the process, Grifka. You're getting athletic testing. Yeah, you're getting to see them in the meat locker, as you said. Yeah, do you want a big old sloppy, you know, uh, running back or wide receiver that's not all rocked up or a, a defensive end that looks like he's a I've been eating Doritos all day. No, you want these guys to be tuned up. You want to see their height, you know, quarterbacks, all their measurables are important. You want to see how these guys process. You also want to see, yeah, how high can they jump? How fast can they run? Uh, all those things are important because 
okay, yeah, you're not standing with two feet and just jumping straight up in the air per se. But yeah, you're going to use that skill when you're going up to get a deep ball, when you're trying to block an offensive lineman. They want to see your technique, your ability to square up. They want to see an offensive tackle. How quick can he get back and, and get in his, his pass sets look good? Or is he just clumsy? Can, can you flip him from one side to the other? Like all that stuff comes into play. So and me as a, as a person watching, am I going to get all that? No, but to to Bob Quinn, Matt Patricia, and all those people, it's super important. And for me, trying to figure this stuff out, yeah, it's it's another big piece of the puzzle. Am I moving people way up the draft board because of the combine? No, but am I blowing it off and acting like it's nothing like you? No, because it's 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 important to not only be athletic, but to know all these traits so then you can measure them up one guy against the next. It may come down to speed. It may come down to something you saw visually. Hey, man, that guy just looked like a smooth athlete. You may give him a tick above somebody else, not because you watched him for, you know, three plays on your lazy boy. That's not what makes or breaks it. Um, but the combine's another piece for putting together that draft profile, especially looking at some of these guys that we have targeted and seeing if you think they handle the combine well, or if they just impress in the testing. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, rate them as such, just like I did last year with DK Metcalf, when you gave me the same garbage about, Oh, he's fast and he's big. And then he goes out and gets put in a great situation. Why from a team that probably saw all his big measurables and said, Hey, we could use that. We can use a guy that can run fast, jump high, and explode past people. Yeah, we'll take him in Seattle, put him in a place to succeed, and what does he do? He, he has a good year, and there's plenty of other examples like that. So I'm looking forward to the combine. I'm going to get my draft board set right around then and sort of you know, get an eye on a lot of these players that you know, again, we joke a lot about it, but yeah, I'm not sitting there watching, you know, Missouri football games, but I'll get an eye on some of these Missouri prospects or other teams that are out there that I haven't seen. And that's going to be, that's going to be important when I'm just absolutely running circles around you in the draft process. So go ahead, Grifka, take another day off when the combine is on, go out and do whatever it is that you do. I will be uh, putting in those, putting in those hours, trying to figure this whole thing out. And then I'll let you, you know who do that. And you can replicate it. You can repeat it and say, I told you so. That's how we do it here on the show. Uh, you're damn right. Cause I got better things to do than to sit there and watch a bunch of 21, 22 year old guys running around in shorts and t-shirts. So, yep. All right. Like uh, functions. You damn straight. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, um, you know, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to get Griffka's thoughts on all these trade rumors that are swirling about the Detroit Lions. And I also got a take on Matt Patricia as well. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. 
everybody back in the house. Uh, I, I can't wait to get Grifka's response on this. So we are still, what are we in? Like it's early February here. The draft is at the end of April, basically towards the end of April. So we got, we got a two, two months plus to go. There is all types of trade rumors swirling about the Detroit Lions. Everybody thought the, the, the draft trade started number three. Now you're hearing that, you know, the, the Washington Redskins are maybe looking to trade out of two. And we all know that would probably put Chase Young on opposite side of Trey Flowers, which would be absolute probably my dream. Grifka, of course, thinks he's, uh, you know, not that, uh, great, not that great because, <laughs> because he's he didn't overrated. show up in a couple football games. Yeah, of course. Hold on, Grifka. I'm teeing you up here. So we got that rumor out there. We've got the rumor about Matt Stafford possibly getting traded. We got rumors about the Lions trading out with the Chargers, the Miami Dolphins, the Oakland Raiders, and quite a few other teams. You've heard all these things. We're we're way far away from when it all needs to be said and done. But it, give me your thoughts on your best case scenario, maybe the thing you're rooting for. And then I also want to hear right now what you think will happen when we get to the end of April there and come draft day, day one, pick number three. Well, I heard that same rumor about Washington you know, looking to trade out too. And I think for that to happen, they're going to have to get like a King's ransom for that to happen because I think they're stuck on Chase Young. I really think they are. And yeah, of course you're going to listen if somebody's going to go, you know, and give you, you know, the world for it. If, you know, nobody's going to do the old uh, Mike Ditka, we're going to trade our whole draft for Ricky Williams thing. But uh, if somebody's willing to pay you a lot, you would do that. But I don't think that's going to happen. So the one I can really see right now is the Miami Dolphins. Um, because once again, with that report that just came out, once again, that two is leg, you know, he's full range of motion. He's completely healed. I mean, if other people, if other teams fall in love with Tua as well, and the rumor is right now is that Miami is like really, 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 really high on him. Then even if that's out there right now, they're probably going to have to go up to, you know, up to Detroit and do that. And I think they might pay a little more to do that. I mean, with the multiple first round picks that they're able to do that, I don't think. Oakland wants, or I'm sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders want Tua, but um, I think they may be a little more shrewd with their draft picks. Um, I, I think um, they're not just going to like dump a couple of them just to move up to, to go get Tua or somebody like that. So the Miami Dolphins would be the one that I would really, really like right now. I don't see them trading, you know, Matt Stafford for any draft pick or anything like that. We can talk about that later based on where the coach and the GM is, is right now. But um, the Miami Dolphins one is the one I'm, I would really be hoping for because I think even if they trade back a couple spots, I still think they would be in line for somebody like, you know, Okuda, you know, uh, um, to still get him at number five. So all the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers out there, this is another reason I asked this question because I figured that would probably be Grifka's answer, and my answer is the complete opposite because I don't want to trade with the Miami Dolphins because they're at number five and moving down a couple spots, you know, to me is not good enough. Even if we got another, you know, even their late first-round pick, you're picking at the end of the first round. I, I would much rather get a deal done with Oakland where two middle of the round picks, not too far apart. It really lets you set up your team in regards to, you know, that middle of the first round to me is the sweet spot, not only for kind of player value, but more so 
you know, you're saving on contracts. You're also not pigeonholed into taking somebody like you would in the top five, where it only has to be these certain couple players. Your 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 doors are much more wide open. And like I said, at 12, and I think they're at it was 18 or 19, one of those two. So you get both of those picks and get out of that, uh, that three pick to me, that's, that's ideal. And, and the other scenario is trade with uh, Carolina. Again, Grifka only wants to move down a couple and see what he can get. I, I want to move down as far as I can. So if I can trade with Carolina and at seven, as well as they, I think they have a lot of second, third rounders. I'd much rather do that than, than just move back a couple, still pick up, you know, everybody's favorite player. I mean, I've, I've grown to say like, I'm fine with Okuda being the pick, but, I also would totally move off that, go get myself an edge rusher, go get myself a another big nasty football player, whether it be in the you know at safety or somewhere other, and then in the second round come back and get myself a corner there because I think there's going to be a couple great ones in the second round as there always is, a couple press corners, a couple men. So in my ideal scenario, uh, two first rounders or one first rounder farther down, as well as some second third rounders, even some future picks is what I would go for rather than the uh, the more simple Miami trade, unless Miami's willing to give up, you know, their middle first rounder and five to just go up a couple spots. That's stealing. I think basically anything to go down a couple spots is just like, all right, whatever. If nothing else works, we'll just slide back to and take whatever you're willing to give us basically. But like I say, we're a little bit on opposite sides of the fence there, but I say go back as far as you can uh, accumulate as much as you can, but also, um, two middle first rounders would be ideal. Come on, John Gruden. Come on, Mike Mayock. Like, you know, you, you know, you want Tua in Las Vegas and, and to me Tua, yeah, in Miami, he fits, but you know, I could definitely see somebody coming up to get him at two. And then for me, it's just like, great. You know, just, uh, everybody's like, well, then we wouldn't get the trade down. Yeah. But then we're basically guaranteed chase young. You just run the card up to the podium. You put those two big beasts on each edge. we got a young hungry defense. You keep our quarterback intact and let's roll, you know, let's do this thing. So that that's my take right now here in early February, when it comes to what may happen on draft day, um, you know, I think we're either going to get chase young or I think there, there is going to be a trade back. I, I couldn't tell you right now with who, but I think definitely we would move back if we can't get Chase Young. Grifka, I got one other thing for you. This is what gets me hot here on the show. Grifka, you know you frustrate me. You know we get in arguments. You know you know we see things totally differently on the show. So I want to end the show, which I've talked about before. I did a whole bonus show about this, and I've talked about it, but I'm talking about it again. You know why? Because it came out on Lions.com that Matt Patricia, they they unleashed the whole the whole full version of him mic'd up at the Senior Bowl. And, like, I, I asked you real quick before we went live, did you see this? Of course you said no. So I went back through my text after I sent you the Jim Rome copy. Yeah, I sent this to you last week right when I saw it, kind of saying, hey, this would be good to talk about on the show or maybe you should watch this. You didn't watch it. Probably at a function, probably something better to do, I'm sure. You know, that's the people know you're a busy man. Everybody out there, if you haven't seen this, go on YouTube, go to the Lions app, wherever you got to go to watch this. It's probably four or five minutes long. It's Matt Patricia unleashed. He's he's mic'd up. He's joking with players. He's he's pushing these players. The players love him. They're giving him the Gatorade bath after the win. To to me, this is this is the coach we want. We we don't want the coach that's all buttoned up on the sideline. We don't want the coach that stands up at the podium and bores us to death every day. You can still protect your team and you can still 
you know, do the type of things he wants to do from a strategical perspective and still have this type of personality. And to me, it's, it's not even just personality, it's grit, it's intensity. It's, it's just a, a fervor to win. And just a, like, I think one of the players that was complaining called it uh, Matt Patricia being the alpha. Like you watch this video and you can see it, you know, he's the alpha male out there. He's just a, a downright nasty football coach, smart as a whip and wants to, get these guys rolling. So I think you watch this and all these things go out the window about these people that think he has no idea what he's doing and he doesn't know how to motivate and he's not a good recruiter and he can't, you know, get the best out of his players. Griffco, if you can spare four to five minutes of your precious time, you watch this. I think you'll have a totally different impression about him too. I know you haven't watched it, but I just gave you the big sell job. Are you going to watch this and you see where I'm coming from that if you can see another side of this guy, that's what Detroit wants. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll watch it. I mean, since you hyped uh, hyped it so much, I, I'll I'll give it a I'll give it a, a view. But uh, <laughs> I, I guess it all depends on what type of coach you're looking for. I mean, are you looking for like you said, maybe that's what Detroit needed because you were. I mean, as you said, it you've gotten t- you got tired of the Caldwell Country Club, so you know, kind of let I don't want to say the the players run run the run the team. And maybe that's what they wanted. They wanted somebody to, you know, shake the cages and stuff like that to uh, get stuff going. And that's the type of guy Matt Pat is. So, Griffith, are you not intrigued by the behind the scenes? Because, like, one thing that doesn't totally excite me with the NFL is, like, I, I don't think I'd really get excited to sit down and go through the playbook, go through the X's and O's. You know, some of the coaches, most of the coaches and some players, you know, all they talk about is tape and this and that, like, I, if somebody goes up and draws something up on a whiteboard, it doesn't get me fired up. But when I get people mic'd up or I see the behind the scenes of how they acquire players and what the draft board looks like and, and hear the unfiltered things, even like the, the shows you'll see after a Sunday where they give you kind of the, the NFL films version, it's mic'd up. You can hear the talk between the coaches and players. You know, we're not going to get into it today. We may do a future episode about it, like the XFL debuted, and that was my favorite thing. Like, everybody was mic'd up. I could hear the the play calls coming from the sideline. I could hear, you know, players talking to players, quarterbacks, you know, giving their, giving their calls. It, it was so intriguing to me. So that's why I pumped this up so much and tell people to watch this, because the behind the scenes of the NFL, how it works, as well as the interactions, intrigue me the most. It's like seeing behind the scenes of a great movie or – you know, something like that, that, yeah, the, the movie was good, but I want to see sort of not only how it was made, but all the different takes and, and who, you know, how the people were offset and all that type of stuff. Like that's what interests me really. And when we get those behind the scenes looks in the NFL, which are sometimes few and far between, I just think it's incredible TV. And like I say, you get to, you get to hear our defensive coordinator, you get to see bevel mic'd up on this thing. I mean, to me, it was just, you know, I think I put it out right after I just said, if you don't get fired up watching this, like, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you if you're a Lions fan, because that kind of stuff here in the off scene is just like, man, if he can just carry over that mojo and carry over that type of, of oomph that he had and that type of uh, gusto or whatever you want to call it. Like, I was just like, man, this is the guy that I bet is, is behind the scenes, but out in front, we just don't get it. And I'm hoping in 2020 we get it. And I think it comes with winning and it comes with a sense of comfort. I think he's finally getting to that comfort level with the organization as well as just this sense of, hey, 
I got my team, got my players. I'm comfortable. It's my third year as a head coach. And once we start winning ball games, I think you'll see some of this moxie come out as well as the guy when they win that'll say, hey, it's all the players. I love my players. It's going to be some of the same, but a little bit more uh, moxie behind it. And I think Detroit would just eat that up and just love this guy. We'll watch it and then on air or off, we'll talk about it because this is the guy I think that you and others want. And since you haven't got him, you're you're ready to quit on the guy. And this is the guy that I keep thinking is there and just waiting for the W's to, to get behind him. So quick question then. Would you want to see the Lions on hard knocks? I know we talked about this early last year. So uh, was that – I mean, it's kind of behind yeah. the scenes what you're talking about. But I know you were yeah. against it. But, I mean, would you like to see it now? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my my take exactly was you wanted it because you're you're a fan and I didn't want it because, you know, the Lions don't want it and they were just it was too early in the process. I mean, I would love to see it just for all the reasons I just laid out. But no, I, I still don't think especially coming off the season, unless unless we kill the free agency and the draft process and just have this crazy, young, hungry, nasty team. I mean, if that's the case, sure, bring the cameras and and watch them get to work. But if they're still kind of trying to tweak some things and build some things and maybe make some off season moves, I just think strategically it's better to keep them away. But Hey man, Matt Patricia was the star of the senior bowl. And if he could do that on hard knocks, it may do a lot for our organization as a whole and maybe get him going even more, just um, more ready to fire when, when the cameras roll and when he's mic'd up and when he knows the whole world is watching. Cause I mean, like I say, I think he was just being himself, but once the cameras and the mics were on him, I just think it's a whole different view than we get when we never hear or see anything from Allen Park, you know? So yeah, I mean, I, I would want it. Um, we'll see. I, I don't see it happening. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are up for it this year and Grifka, you know what? They're one of the favorite teams, just like uh, who else might those be? Oh gosh. You know, uh, the New England Patriots, the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants, and the never-have-to-leave-the-country Green Bay Packers. Thank you, sir. That's what I was looking for. Grifka, we, we talked about a ton today. Big play slay. We talked about some Twitter polls. Uh, the Tory Petri versus Kay Adams debate, which, of course, smoked you. Uh, the Combine talk, which you poo-pooed, one of your favorite words. I mean, I, I think it's important. We talked draft trades, and we finished up. Matt Patricia mic'd up, uncensored. That's the coach we want. We'll see if we get him in 2020. Grifka? Do you have anything else for the people? Uh, nope. Thank you, sir. Everybody hit us up on Twitter at Derek Oakery or uh, send something to Grifka and bug him all day long at Grifka DKC. We love interacting with the fans. We love your questions. If you can ever get them to us uh, over the weekend, early on in the week, we try to get them on the show. No doubt about it. And uh, we'll definitely try to, uh, get your calls in too. If you want to call in uh, 989-272-3484, everybody reach out, leave us, leave us a funny message. We'll definitely get you on the show. I know we haven't been using that very much. We haven't been uh, promoting it, but uh, 989-272. Kevin Smith, that's number 34. If you don't know Herman Moore, that's a throwback to Griff Gazera, number 84. You can hit us up. We'd love to get you on the show. So for everybody, take care. We'll catch you back right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast this Friday. We're again one of the hardest working podcasts out there. We'll be talking Lions football. So check you then, everybody. Take care. We're out. Drink it in, man. Pack the bag, start the plane, this game.
drink it in, man.